Good evening, ghosts, goblins, and knobgoblers. My name is Trevor. My name is Rachel. And introducing for the first time a, a very special guest reviewer, guest victim. That's, Not that special. Uh, <laughs> Amy. Yay, Amy. Hey. Oh, you're special to me. Um, Amy uh, was so gracious to offer to join us for our October episode. Uh, Amy, tell tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, I mean, Trevor and I used to work together where we admitted to each other that we were both deviants. That's um, true. Terrible, terrible deviants. Yeah. Um, um, forged, forged straight in the fires of hell. <laughs> Over Hellboy. Because of, of course. Mm. <laughs> All right, no shame in my game. <laughs> um, and I just find the psychology behind erotica fascinating. Elaborate on that a little bit. Um, I mean, what can't you tell a person, tell about a person when they put out their erotica? Like, usually it's, this is what is special to me. I find this erotic. Be horrified. Yeah, um, I'm horrified. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty horrified. Uh, what I can tell about the author this week is that he or she definitely, definitely. It's a, it's a she. I Actually, mean, there was uh, there's some information on the old uh, Amazon ooh, author page. Sounds like Rachel's got the dirt. Uh, well, and then it tells me that she's nasty. <laughs> is what it tells me. Uh, so uh, we picked a, a spooktacular uh, piece. For this month, uh, really leaning into the Halloween theme. And, you know, I thought it would be easy to find Halloween themed works on Amazon. Like, I thought this would be like the simplest task in the world. It's like, it's just the song Monster Mash, but it's like, (laughs) but it's explicit. Like, that's what I thought I'd find. And what I found mostly was like adult baby themed, like... (laughs) For <laughs> Halloween story. That was like most of it. How? It was like how does how do those two things intersect? How it was like Halloweeny. J- Josh or me has always wanted to be a baby, and now he's found an opportunity to to let his freak flag fly on this the day where you can dress up as anything. Like that was a not insubstantial portion of the books available when I typed in Halloween erotica, and it was very distressing. Not to kink shame, but that's a really weirdly specific Halloween genre yeah I, I don't know like i'm not opposed to doing an adult baby story like i we're gonna I, have to eventually. i feel like yeah, we've dug our own fucking graves in this podcast like this is just this is just <laughs> the the pyre we've built for ourselves and it's made out of adult babies um but that was not what i wanted from this episode so i i hunted around and i managed to find a book and I use that very generously. Yeah, don't call it a book. Called Dissolute Ghosts, a Halloween erotic tale by Melanie Nelson. And And Melanie Nelson is the author, allegedly. Like she um I, I went into the Amazon page for her after getting at least halfway through the story and just being horrified and 
feeling more dirty than I ever have during a reading of one of our stories on Facebook. This, this, this is saying a lot. This book has made me feel worse about myself and my choices and just people in general than I feel like most of the stories that we do here. Like, I, it's not quite like trilobite dick <laughs> or like it dinosaur vor, but it, it left me in a very similar. I was less. I guess with that story, I was, like, incredulous. And here, I'm just like, ew. I, I yearned for the innocent times of, of trilobite sex and, well, and the dinosaur tri- The trilobite and Sabretooth, that felt jokey. Yeah, this like, feels written very as a joke, And this feels like I'm putting it out there. Yeah. Um, I actually wasn't sure if it was one or two authors, because it really feels like there are two very distinct voices hanging out in this book oh yes yeah um, can i really quick read uh just what melanie nelson has to say about herself absolutely Please. so she says the first thing you should know is that a lot of my stories are based on actual experience <laughs> <laughs> but not all but not all <laughs> i am a strong female character i am a single mom supporting her daughter alone so thanks for buying my books and i write feminist pornography it's eh? very, it's, <laughs> it's full of very explicit stuff, but written from a woman's perspective, a woman who loves sex with strangers, but who wants respect. And then she talks about how she was born and raised in France and can speak three romance languages, uh, passable, uh, English prose here, I guess. Um, and says one last thing. All the original artwork depicts me. Yes, it's my legs, my bust, my butt on the covers. Okay, I'm going to check the cover out real quick. To... I'm pretty sure it's Chun-Li cosplay on this. Like, that's what it looks like. To oh, me. I can see that. Yeah, that checks out <clears throat> to me. Um, I mean, <laughs> with this, I can't... I, can I don't another... know why that's part of this cover. I can neither confirm nor deny that this is Melanie Nelson or that Melanie Nelson exists or that Melanie Nelson is not being like detained somewhere. <laughs> that picture kind of looks like when you first got MySpace at age like 12 or 13 oh, right. and yes. then found like all the different filters you could put on a picture. And, and, and you decided to do all, all, all of them. Yeah. All all of them. In your chunky Is your first moment of freedom. <laughs> can, like, can one combine photo negative and sepia? Like... <laughs> <laughs> one can, but could, but should one? <laughs> no. That's really the but tagline Melanie, for this whole book. Melanie isn't is it? a brave feminist author, so yeah. Yes. What do we think sure. of that, by the way? Do we? Um, maybe no. we should circle back to whether she's a feminist later on. Yeah, the, I think yeah. so. Um, this this story. I'm okay. There's no. Yeah, we've we've made ourselves perfectly clear. No point in playing coy here. Uh, this story is like the erotic equivalent of like a truck stop bathroom. <laughs> like there's just a fine layer of grime on every last piece of this. I actually want to read the second paragraph here. Um, maybe the third. The thing about these this uh, actually um, it's on page two or three, seven. Oh, Oh, no, it's it's page three of the actual text, not the... um, But the thing about this story that I noticed was that, like, (laughs) you cannot have a paragraph pass in this story without, like, a really just, like, gross fleck of, like, sex fluid just spritzed (laughs) onto that paragraph. Um, I'm going to read this paragraph in full, and it's she's setting the scene on where she's... Uh, where she's living right now. And 
And there's a point in this very early in this paragraph that we're going to circle back around to, but I want to get through the whole thing first. Town was a tiny coastal hamlet 11 miles away with bareback amenities and exactly, we'll get to it, and exactly one greasy tavern. This story is a greasy tavern. (laughs) She drove down the hill a little too fast, her jeep jerking down the uneven, unpaved road. When she pushed the door to the tavern, she was disappointed to see the same seven regular customers scattered around the room, nursing their pints and their resentments, which is not a bad line. Uh, Then she saw Steve in a booth. She actually liked him. He liked reading science fiction and hunting for mushrooms in the deep, damp forest of the coastal range. Also, she liked giving him head. This time, they did it in the bathroom. He kneeling, she straddling him as he pushed his tongue deep into her pussy. She came on his face, and then he came in her mouth. She swallowed his cum with relish. After that, they sneaked out and sat back at the counter for a drink. And then dialogue resumes as normal. You You can't just set a scene. Uh, if you're Melanie Nelson, you can't just be like, this is what the town was like. Every single paragraph in the story has some, like, just gross sex line thrown in, usually about three quarters of the way through, like, fucking flecks of pee beneath a urinal, like, just, like, (laughs) splattered on there, like, and it... It's not even overt, but just, like, oh, the damp forest of the coastal range and bareback amenities like this isn't the greasy tavern the story is the bathroom of the greasy tavern yeah uh did she mean like threadbare amenities or (laughs) when when rachel sent me that line out of context i was me like it's the bareback amenities the simple bareback amenities. there's nothing simple about this Uh, it's complex and just horrifying from every angle um, Forget about that condom on your dick. Uh, <laughs> they don't track so proud. <laughs> um, just like it's and it's relentless. This story is relentless in just like shoving your face into its dirty laundry, and it's just un- it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's unpleasant, and it's like the opposite of sexy at a certain point. Uh, I think I have in my notes that I wrote down that this is intriguingly unerotic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very visceral and just in the worst possible way. It's like, you know how, um, like, someone kind of, like, carefully concealing their erogenous zones can be, like, really sexy. Like, you see just, like, a little bit. You just see, like, a, a sliver of something. Yes. Um, this is, like, just, like, a parade. Just, like, <laughs> like the, the whole screen is dicks all the way down. <laughs> yes. Uh, dicks and... Nipple binding. Corporeal and incorporeal. <laughs> so the story concerns what the fuck is this woman's even Lucille. Lucille. This, <laughs> Anyone else think of Lucille Bluth? Yeah. Oh, the entire yeah. immediately. This eighty-five our eighty-five-year-old protagonist, uh Lucille, <laughs> is house sitting for her aunt, who is like gone to London to tend to her dying mother. <laughs> Erotica, um, <laughs> and she's like staying in this like fucking mansion uh, in on the Oregon coast, and she finds herself she's really horny and going sex crazy. Uh, can I can I just say that I knew this was going to be a shit show when this character uh, mentions that she, how horny she is in this mansion. Uh, 
references the three available dildos that she has and then opts to uh, stick a shampoo bottle up herself instead, just for variety. No, I forgot about the shampoo bottle. Yeah. I blocked it. It was it's so horrifying I blocked it. I mean, once everything else shows up, it kind of feels like you you kind of reminisce about the old days of the shampoo bottle being yeah. the worst part of this story. Yeah, I want it back. I want the shampoo bottle back. <laughs> Take Isn't there a line about like, how like, the cap like gently brushed against her like clit as it entered or something? There's something like, with a really pointy like, cap. Like it's yeah. it's it, you can't just fuck yourself with a shampoo bottle in this story. Like it has to like go into like the detailed description about like why the shampoo bottle has merits. It's it's not just a shampoo bottle, it's also a rabbit vibrator. Keep it efficient. With yeah. The bareback amenities. Yeah. Uh <clears throat> and yeah, so she just goes sex crazy. And I don't mean like she's crazy for sex. I mean she is she is uh, crazy exclusively about sex. Um, and the, her backstory is like she's an artist. And like pretty soon I totally she, forgot she was an artist. She can only draw that. butts, which is so, <laughs> so funny to me. Like I just imagine this woman sitting at her easel, and she's like painting furiously, and she takes a step back, and she's like, "What have I done?" And it's just like a big old this, like, fever dream, and like suddenly there's asses just like as far as I, can I've, see. I just finished Haunting of Hill House uh, oh, last I night. Me of that too, and I just imagine like the there's a scene where like the the mom of the family like looks at the blueprints for this house that she's been drawing, and I just imagine like that scene, but instead it's just butts all over this house. <laughs> See, I didn't forget that she's an author. I was horrified. As soon as the author described her as having a Cartesian mind, I almost threw my tablet through a window. Yeah, that was a I was moment. so angry at that description. Like, because she has... There's one line, like, almost at the end, like, okay, I guess that counts. Uh, and I have it. It's one of my favorites. Would you like to read it? Yes. Numbers excited her. Sometimes she could make herself come just thinking 19... She hit that number multiple times that night before losing count altogether. What? what? Excuse you? Excuse you. That's as oh, close 19. to being Cartesian as she gets. Like, that's as close to having an analytical number mathematical mind as she gets. Um, so, she, like, she's going sex crazy and she keeps, like, fan- like hallucinating that she's being basically molested by this, like, tall, uh, suited figure, which, again, I just watched Haunting of Hill House, and there's a ghost in that that's, like, unnaturally stretched out and horrifying this looking. Is like, it's like Slenderman... There's a scene that is really, like, Slenderman reverse vor that yes. we need to talk about. What the fuck? I forgot about that I until just now. I thought this was going now. to be a Slenderman story. Like, as soon as that scene hit, like, oh, no, Slenderman. Yeah. I'm like, Slenderman just crap. crawls up this woman's vagina. Really quickly, before we get into Slenderman, can I read, God. like... Give the give the the fair listener a taste of what this sounds like when it gets to like the fever pitch of sexual moments. Yes. So there, there's a subject this to me me to this further. I suppose. I, yes. Well, sorry about it. So she's uh, there's a scene where she's uh, I mean she's she's crazed with uh, with arousal and in taking like a hot bath and she there are a lot of times in the story where she reveals herself to be like the worst house guest and this is one of them <laughs> so many <laughs> all of them so she she's running herself a bath and she goes digging around in her aunt's uh, drawers and finds a whole bunch of sex toys and like leather stuff and like feather boas but so 
She grabbed, here we go. She grabbed two handfuls of more or less waterproof toys. Well, no, these are not the times to make assumptions. <laughs> they, either, they either are or they aren't. More they. or less, I mean. Well, one of them was a bone dildo, so. That's right. And stuck the one by one into her holes, which opened underwater like huge flowers of flesh to swallow a long white dildo called carved out of bone. Uh, I'll skip a little bit. This is my favorite. She grabbed rubber bands, looped them around her tits, caught her half-lit reflection in the closed-door mirror, eyes glazed, tits crushed and bent like tortured bonsais, her holes full yet still craving for more. I'm sorry. Uh, I hate huge flowers of flowers. I really hate it. I hate it. tortured bonsais. Like, there's so much of this story that made my body just, like, want to, like, close in on itself. Um, I feel like it's, like... Sex as described by, like, a neutral milk hotel somewhere. <laughs> it is. <laughs> weird, fleshy, like, uh, booming. At some point, she also says globular breasts. Like, she's not very kind to this character. And that's, breasts. like, the least offensive way they describe anatomy in the story is globular. And that's why I wasn't sure it was a woman. Like, what woman's like, hmm, my, my breasts look globular. <laughs> yeah, I do, I'm... I mean, Melanie can claim whatever she wants in her Amazon bio. I'm skeptical. Like, okay, we try to be nice on Dude, the show. We, we, we say we, this every time, but are we trying to be nice? We try. I mean, it's fine it, to be nice, but call them out. It's it's going to be so hard not to sound like dicks in this episode. Because, like, this story is assaulting. Just, like, every page was a struggle to continue. Like... We haven't even gotten to the cousin fucking. We haven't even gotten to the, the ghosts. Like, yeah, we're only like in her first real sexual fever pitch. Like, yeah, um, and it's it just gets worse. So she hallucinates this fucking Slenderman motherfucker, and at one point she's like having a dream about him, and he just fully crawls, reverse <laughs> fucking birth into her vagina. And it's his like his like face is like the last part that goes in. So I'm just imagine, like goodbye, <laughs> <laughs> just farewell. like farewell. <laughs> like, I mean, I shut everything down at that moment. <laughs> I needed a breather. No. <laughs> I was broken at that point. Yeah, I mean that's about where I broke too. I feel like, and 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 then the rest of the story became my sexual fever dream. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! So she just like violates her aunt's privacy in a pretty major way, and keeps like getting just fucking molested by this ghost in a myriad of situations, and. Then her cousin, who she just, like, casually admits to, like, banging both her cousin and her other cousin. Their, and that, and that description is so disgusting to me that I can't... Which one? Where she talks... Okay, so she when she, like, rolls out this casual mention... Oh, where she couldn't tell the difference other than the shape of their genitals in her mouth and yes. the taste of them. Yeah, like, this is... What kind of Missy Andrews, like... Fever dream have we entered? Like, I really think that the Neutral Milk Hotel uh, comparison is not an invalid one, but I don't think, like, Jeff Magnum wants you to jerk off to his songs. I think you're supposed to be like, oh, God, horror. But, like, yeah, I mean, this this story certainly, um, you know, if you wanted something, like, scary for Halloween. It brings it. It's spooky. 
I mean, I have here in my notes, like, oh, there it is, incest. And then later on, I was like, oh, twincest. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was inevitable. Yeah. There it is again. <clears throat> and more. All the incest you could ever want in this story. Uh, and then she, then she reads Chester's diary. Oh, yeah. So she finds rude. out about the uh, art. Yes. Very rude. Very bad house guest. Like, I know he's been dead for 100 years. But... Um, and I couldn't. So she finds out about the, the other. So there have been three, like, denizens of this house. There's, like, the guy who built it and his wife went crazy and then they both died. And then the artist who lived in it afterwards who went crazy and died. And then, like, her family. And just a few things real quick. When, she, when she's talking about her family and her cousins and how, like, <laughs> she banged both of them. Which, like, it's kind of, like, implied that the house made them crazy and oversexual. But what's your excuse, Lucille? <laughs> um, but then she mentions that, like, her, her female cousin, uh, Arabella... Fuck you. Um, Arabella, like, moved to France uh, to escape the house's influence. And her... And to go on, like, a tour of libertine sexual adventures. (laughs) And the male cousin, whose name I do not recall. Louis. Louis? Louis. Louis. Um, How he moved to a basement in Albuquerque... And like this is this is pedantic bullshit. I admit it, but like, could you do a little bit of research? They don't have fucking basements in Albuquerque or anywhere in New Mexico. Like an unnecessary fact check on that one. Like they don't. They basically don't have basements for that entire part of the country. Like just uh, yeah. That that's that's me. Like, but that jumped out at me. I was like, couldn't. Like, you, you had so many cities to choose from. I mean, I'm sure that would have bothered me if I hadn't already been broken and bent and torn, much like tortured bonsais. Um, yeah. The names in this. What? Arabella, what is it? Chester Sullivan, Forthright the Third, or something? Uh, the, Alistair. The, 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 the only reason I remember Chester's last name is because it's like McKellery. Yeah. Uh, and I kept reading it as McElroy. And no. I, was, I was like, oh, this is like the dark universe version of the McElroy. It's like, I'm Chester, and this is my brothers, Jorston and Griffums. <laughs> like. Well, when I was going through this and reading the names, I don't know, Rachel, if you've seen. Um, Gravity Falls. I have, yeah. But all I could think was the Duchess of Prue's Sterling Stumbleburges as the Duchess of yes. saying Rumper Frabble is the irascible coxswain saunter bludge at Humpter Fumpenshire. Like, yes. that's all I can think of. Like, how dare you bring Gravity Falls into this? Those, that, that is a very <laughs> God, the fake TV shows on that show are all, like, universally amazing. But even, like, irascible coxswain, that still, like, the diction in this story is just so halting. With penumbra, like, first off, distended vagina, what? She loves talking about beveled mirror doors, too. But, like, the words just suddenly jump out. Purient, ablotions, languorous, like, stop. There's two two very distinct voices going on. I think... One is Melanie, and one is Melanie's thesaurus. Um... <laughs> So her cousin shows up, 
and uh, basically like sexually sacrifices her to this like this this spooky sex ghost doc alistair doc alistair like the the 18th century gynecologist who's been grooming her since she was 12 and we're not supposed to be like we're not we're not supposed to have any problem with that i guess (laughs) Yeah, we get that horrible chapter from Arabella's perspective. Oh my god. Where she's giving all this exposition, but also being like, person. cousin, like, lick my pussy. I, I don't want to have to predict dial- half the dialogue. Like, s- just write it. I know you're lazy. I don't want to predict half of that, what's supposed to be happening. I mean, I, as, as far as, like, the story itself goes, I'm inclined to agree that that is the nadir point of this entire <laughs> moment. It's written entirely in, like, second person with, like, Arabella addressing the reader as if we're Lucille and it's like stupid clumsy exposition and like really gross invasive like now cousin I'm going to spank you you've been so naughty for asking so many questions like I hate this I hate you like I felt like we were Lucille in like an alien probing because it's just the mention of the gynecologist chair. Ugh. Yeah, then and the previous chapter so, comes into ugh. play. And all I could imagine, like, we're just strapped to this while she's poking and prodding us, just rambling on. And maybe Lucille isn't actually talking. Maybe Arabella is just that crazy. Yeah. She's making up Lucille's dialogue in her own. She's, she's, <laughs> she's like gently cradling like a fucking ear of corn. Like. <laughs> You're going to get spanked. I picture like Lucille trying to get a word in edgewise, and then Arabella just rambles on. And every time Lucille tries to speak, like Arabella just like lowers her genitalia onto Lucille's face, like hush, hush now, cousin. I'm I actually talking. imagine Lucille is like in the bathroom trying to drop a deuce, and like Arabella's saying all this through the door. Like, okay, but maybe later though. Like, we all have our own ways to come to terms with that chapter. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. And there, Ugh. I think Rachel may be the most likely because there is a lot of she tried to speak and was <laughs> muffled by genitals. <laughs> like, there's there's so much like face sitting as a conversation <laughs> ender in this story. <laughs> well, how else are you going to do it? Like, oh my God. In, in a house where a ghost was grooming this girl since 12 years old. It's not very polite, I guess, but I feel like Manners are out the window in this house. <laughs> Once you start stealing <laughs> your aunt's bone dildo, right? You stole your aunt's bone dildo and, and you read Chester's a, diary. Stealing a weird horseshoe from the shed to like double penetrate—that's that's what that's that's what I'm talking about when I say like every paragraph in this story has to have something horrible in it. Because in the very beginning, she's just like establishing what her life is like in this house, and she mentions that she finds like a horseshoe-shaped stone and double penetrates uh. herself with it, and that stone is never mentioned again and it's ne- it has no importance to the story. Do you it's- want it mentioned again? Why'd you mention it the first time? Because she's horrifying. What she's- is what is this She's story? setting the scene. She's setting the precedent for the rest of the she, story. She is setting Lucille's feminine voice. Feminine Feminism. Voice. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck that horseshoe. Feminism. Yeah. Uh, Christ. There's a, a line that I really liked that we get some some insight into Lucille's psyche. Um, I think this is during another one of her her weird ghost fantasies. She was writhing with longing for a penis or two or three, 
But as much as she exhibited her wet, distended vagina, splayed her lips with frantic fingers, no. called and moaned, nobody stopped, nobody cared, nobody filled her void. Distended? It's not, it doesn't distend. Like, if it's distended, go to a doctor. <laughs> yeah. If your vagina is distending. Uh. Stop calling into the void for people to fill it. <laughs> Girl, girl, the only thing that's filling that void is therapy, my dude. <laughs> Fill that distended vagina with therapy, please. Um, there's a ghost gangbang, and then, like... There's, like, a ghost there's... conga line of dicks. Yeah. Yes. And then there's, like, another ghost gangbang later on on Halloween that's somehow different than the first one, though I don't feel the story really adequately explains how it's supposed to work differently. Well, apparently on Halloween, uh... There's sort of some kind of like a, like they the membrane need permission. Oh yeah, or without asking, consent is out the window on yeah. Halloween. Yeah, without Halloween. asking, since on Halloween permission is not required, the new ghost pushed open Lou's knees and immediately proceeded to fuck her preternaturally wet pussy. So yeah, it's, it's like a. <laughs> and there's like this weird shoehorning in of. Uh, <clears throat> Poltergeist is like a different kind of ghost that is rapier. Like, rapier, even though these ghosts are already kind of rapey. I mean, consent is not required. Yeah, if consent is not required, then who cares if a if a poltergeist is involved? I think the difference is supposed to be that the poltergeist <clears throat> doesn't want you to like it. Oh, uh, okay. Do the um, ghosts want you to like it? The ghosts are. I mean, they pile in. The ghosts they really do. Are like, like a clown car in there. <laughs> the ghosts are like non sentient, as far as I understood it. Like they're some of them. Some Chester of them. is pretty. The, ro- yeah. <laughs> the rules are pretty ill defined. I feel like talk about shoehorning the romance of Chester. I think there is an actual shoehorn used as a sex toy. At my one point yes, two with the bone dildo. I think. Yeah. Um, I do have a snippet of Chester's in the moment poetry. Please. Being a writer, Chester was feeling inspired, as if dictating his grand opus for posterity, he sonorously intoned, The heat of your orgasm, organs enclosing my member and their palpitating moistness reminds me of Laura's secret chamber, her deep flower of sinful joy. Her scent was intoxicating like the richest perfumes of the Orient. The taste of her lingers on my palate like a distant memory. Oh, Laura, Laura, why did you leave? Why did you abandon your faithful servant? I fled to this godforsaken place to escape a ghost, only to fall into the clutches of another ghost. A spirit so wicked and powerful, he tormented my flesh and twisted my soul into an eternity of damnation. So, Ugh. it's like it's like that's all said mid coitus, too. It's yes. important to establish. Yeah, he is having sex with Lucille in that moment. As they fall in love. Oh, Laura, Laura. Oh, Laura, Laura. <laughs> it's like it starts as one of those like horny letters from James Joyce to his yeah, wife. That's exactly, exactly <laughs> what I was about to bring like, up. Yes, this like, cry of despair. <laughs> if if this sto- if that like soliloquy had included like two more references to farting, it would have been a, it would have been a James Joyce letter. Yes. Like I'm actually a little shocked that that doesn't come into play here. Farting. Um, I mean, she had a line. Yeah, she couldn't cross it. She's broken so many taboos, but there are farts were just too, too far. far. Yeah, Victorian farts too far. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't feel like there's a lot more to talk about. <laughs> I feel like any more, um, or not at least in terms of plot. I feel like if we go any more granular, it's just going to be us making noises like. Uh, <laughs> uh, there is 
the the one yeah. moment where I felt like the author's like purported feminist uh, like mindset when writing these things came out was that moment where the uh, the cousin and the whatever the fuck their names are it's Lucille and Arabella like team up to like to murder the raping poltergeists and then I guess capture their power in an amulet. I guess if you or kill it, with, it's like a sil- it's a sil- it's a silverback <laughs> mirror. And like they grab a shard of it and stab the thing, and it and say a silver soaks it up like a sponge. It's, so it's really not explained. I don't want it explained. <laughs> I, I really <laughs> enjoyed that the last chapter of this was it was what is it unbent or un unbowed is the chapter where they like strike back against the poltergeist, and it's supposed to be like this big feminist moment, and it's just like completely unexplained and incomprehensible, and there's still like fuck ghosts surrounding them the entire time, so they're having like these like conversations, like yes. detailing exact their exact situation, I guess while being drilled by ghosts. Like, I mean, I assume that the ghost sex never stopped, even when fighting the poltergeist. It does seem to be just endless, and there there are always just like a, another crowd of ghosts like pushing at the at the bounds of this mirror world, like just so horny for contact. Doesn't the story kind of imply that all of those ghosts then like dis- dissipate after they fuck? Like this is their last hurrah before they like their souls are are dis- dis- dissipated? Like, like I know that they. I assume read extrapolated that they disappear after having sex with human women, um, but I don't know if it's good or bad. But then the poltergeists, when they have sex with human women, they become stronger and make their human partners weaker. And so does well, Chester doesn't make them weaker, but Chester does become stronger and more. Well, Chester's resolute. not a poltergeist. No, Chester's. But why do the rules work? Good boy. Why, the why do the rules hero. work differently for him than the other ghosts? Because because he's such a good boy. He is a very good boy. I love you. I read you his prose. I love the bit where she's telling him that she read his book and he thinks that she's talking about like one of his actual creative works and he's so happy. And she's like, and and she's like, oh shit. Uh, Yeah, you're so good. And she's like, I hope he doesn't ask me about my favorites. (laughs) Like, she just fucking read this dude's diary where he talks about getting boned down by another, by a dude ghost. By the Slender Man, Alistair. Ghost. I, I, okay. <laughs> let, let, let's let's transition. I feel like there's two very important points to talk about, uh, and that is what was your. <laughs> oh, we'll start. We'll start positive. I feel like we've been so <clears throat> negative. What was your favorite part about this story? And if you say when it ended, you, you're out the door. I'm done with you. <laughs> um, Chester is just so polite. He's. Very, he's a, a very good boy. He's a very polite um, young man. Chester McElroy, the dark universe version of one of the McElroys that I'm not going to speculate on. Um, <laughs> another thing that I really enjoyed is that I think it's the doctor. They compare like, oh, for an older, like he had a bri- very Brian Ferry look. And yes. I'm like, Brian Ferry, stop right now. <laughs> like, that is a very like that is very specific. Reference. Who are you, Melanie Nelson? <laughs> and I, I think she also describes somebody as like suddenly. It's like suddenly his like horniness or something. Like he's first he seemed like a sixty year old man, but then gains the vitality and youthfulness of a forty year old. Oh yeah, man. Chester like euthanizes via fucking Lucille. Why? Why? Oh, 
U-T-H, not E-U. I feel E-U euthanized by this story. Me too. Uh, Rachel, do you want to say what you loved about this story? (laughs) Um, I I appreciated the the background that we got on Alistair, the horny doctor from uh, back in the day, especially this line. Uh, He had long enjoyed the pleasures of sodomy, particularly in his days as a bachelor in Baltimore in the rocking 1870s. (laughs) Like, I'd like a fact check on that as well. Like, were the 1870s, like... I don't think that of, they like, were Kind of like the summer of love? I mean, if you were rich, they probably were. But I, like, Yeah, I mean, if you were rich in New York, sure. But I think a lot of people were, like, Donner partying it up. Not so exciting. I mean, uh, I don't know. This story is what people it is. dying in westward expansion while this guy's <laughs> off, like... Fucking around but in it, Baltimore. It wasn't even just the 1870s that Alistair was uh, going crazy because I have Bella had a certain power over the doc, mostly because she reminded him of his mother, who had the same, <laughs> same no nonsense brusqueness and ample bosom. Memories from the 1850s still animated him. Ugh. Wait, so he died in the 1870s? No, he was fucking around the 1870s. Right. Okay. But in the 1850s, he lusted for his mother's brusqueness and ample bosom. Wait, that means that Chester was, like, fucking about in, like, the 1920s this is Alice, or 1930s. No, that's Alistair. Yeah, but Chester oh, was yeah. afterwards. So, yeah. like, that, that motherfucker's talking, like, fucking James Joyce when he was born in the 30s? I don't... He's I don't, just putting on airs. I think it's in his journal when he dies. I thought he died in, like, 1910. I don't care. He was like a none of this aligns. <laughs> none of this aligns at all. Your timeline's broken, Melanie. Uh, my she put basements in Albuquerque. She you... did. My favorite part was um, just like the equal gender, just like pansexualness of it. Like, like yeah. she's she's not afraid to have dicks touch, uh, and that's that's always something I enjoy out of stories that purport to be like kind of really kinky or or. Um, feminist uh, is like hey if you're gonna have a story like this you might as well like even like passingly acknowledge that like if you're gonna have an orgy scene you might as well have like multiple arrangements of gender and and a lot of penises touch um so many and a lot were crammed into small spaces together yes I did not uh, easy segue (laughs) what was your least favorite part of this um okay I have a line. She tried to shake off the confusion, but felt her willpower weaken as he continued to fill her to take over her body the way body wax shows inject resin into tissue and turn flesh into foreign matter. Oh, yeah, that was gnarly. That turning a body into a statue via resin, it's not um, erotic unless you have a very, very, not the kink shame, but a very specific kink. Wow, yeah, that's... It seems is, kind of is that my least favorite? That might be. It, I mean, I have a lot of. I mean, there's favorite a favorite things like comparing tea leaves to pubes. Ooh, yeah. I mm. really hate the phrase "creaming her panties." I really hate that. Yeah, uh, I don't like it. And turning her clit into a. Oh my god, the, yeah, bit, the, the bit where fuck? she talks about how... Like inflating it? it infl- inflating yeah. her clit. Like and put a like, pump on it, inflated it, and turned it and into... And she's like, now dildo. she knew what it was like to have someone jerk her cock. Yeah, that, that was it. it. That was it. That was my least favorite. <laughs> the end. That's it. Like, that's, that's not how a clitoris works. It's not how any of this works. No. I yeah. mean, but that is specifically egregious to me. 
I'm not even... Uh, I mean, shape-shifting, I think, is how they got around putting penises into fallopian tubes. Yeah, and up into uteri. Yeah, like, it went above and beyond. Like, oh, shape-shifter. Like, mm, it still doesn't work that way. It still, still doesn't. Mm. So, uh, <clears throat> something that we have uh, made a consistent effort towards is to think about... Um, if this was your kink, if ghosts, I think, are, 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 was were your kink and you, you purchased a story on Amazon, do you feel like this story would, like, meet your criteria? Like, is this, is this the, uh, is this meeting the, um, expectations of, like, ghost erotica? I'm gonna go out on a limb, actually, and say yes, because... Uh, Melanie does a lot of things here that I a lot of things here that I don't like, but I do think that she she achieves this mood of like horniness and sort of revulsion, like braided together in a way that I feel like people like I, I can't even like presume to say why people would be seeking something like this out, but I do think that like I would venture to guess that 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 sort of dual sensation of just like skin crawling like horror and arousal and like sexual satisfaction like that balance is kind of being struck here i think that there is something to be said for that i think that the the work does have a very distinct horror tinged tone that could meet sort of what you're looking for from like a halloween ghost horror erotica i think that she does attempt to establish a mythology however clumsy and she does take advantage of the partners being ghosts in a way that, say, our very first story, the ghosts of Christmas, whatever the <laughs> fuck, um, just really didn't. Um, I, th- I think that ghosts are very much so an aspect of this. And I think it kind of depends on what your ghost kink is. Like, if you're after something romantic, like, like time-lost lovers, then mm-hmm. sure, the very brief Chester stuff, I think, would cover that (laughs) the rest is just horrifying and i i think it actually fits more with the very specific um fetish usually in hentai of bulging and that's why i wasn't sure that this was a woman because bulging feels like a very specifically straight male thing if if i'm like reading you correctly is this like that that shit that you see on deviant art where it's like a giant fat like uh-huh. knuckles from Sonic the Hedgehog. That's like, inflation. That's yeah. different. This, this is more like um, distorting the female body through grotesque amounts of dick. So like you can see the outline of the uh, penis through gotcha. her stomach, and she's magically okay because whatever. But it, it seems like a very specific thing of distorting the human female body via dick. Feminist. Um, <laughs> And that's actually, I took that away more than ghosts because of just how many ghosts she was taking at one time in a single opening. I was going to say, um, I and, and, and I'm definitely not the person to say it, but I find it very unlikely that, or, okay, this story based on my, I, I would call myself at least a journeyman erotica connoisseur at this point. <laughs> we've, been, we've been doing this show for like two years now. Um... I feel like at this point, uh, based on my experiences and what I've seen of erotica written for women, this does not, this is not erotica written written for women. It does not hit any of the same beats or tone or any of it. This feels like erotica written for men. 
I mean, again, the closest you get is probably the Chester stuff at the end where they fall in love, maybe. I get, I don't, there's a romance tinge to it. But again, the rest of it feels like the bulging, very male-specific, straight male-specific kink. And the weird, like, <clears throat> and the description of the female body and, and the and her just masturbating with any old thing that anything. she has, like anything in the world. A horseshoe. Like, I'm sorry. Have you cleaned the horseshoe? Like, where was it? Like, Ugh. yeah, I, I, I find it. I don't think that this story. Um, would appeal to someone who is looking for ghosts as like a concept of like um uh, like like you said like time lost or mm-hmm. or or a lever out of time or I think that if you're specifically looking for sort of like like this erotic is body horror, horror. Yeah, yeah this is definitely body horror there Not could be something here for you it's body horror via ghosts yeah yeah little ghost throwing um, because maybe that was just the easiest thing to body horror with is goes like, eh, they're intangible and their dicks change shape. And I think even if that is what you were want were wanting from this story, that the ending is so half baked and ill explained <laughs> that like I, I feel like the platonic ideal of a story like that would be something that leaves you both shaken and a little turned on. Like it, it should still be an effective horror story. I feel shaken. I, um, yeah. I, I see. I, I feel the horror. I feel. I, I feel. Um, I feel horrified. I, I don't feel shaken in the right way, though. I feel like personally shaken. Like I feel. I, I feel like the author has literally physically shaken me. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm gonna like lay awake at night, like looking at shadows, being like, "Oh no, what if it's a pounder?" Uh, <laughs> like. You're not going to be, like, feverishly up in the night painting butts (laughs) in a half-conscious state. Like, I I feel like this is not an effective horror story. This is an effectively horrifying look into an author. Um, It feels like she's writing this to satisfy her own very specific fetishes. Which... Still not sure it's a woman, though. Like, mm, it's her body. I'm a chunly outfit. Mm. Filters on filters, baby. I mean, I've seen Lady Beard. He can also rock a Chun Li costume. I'm just saying. That's true. Um, or this is somebody with a daughter, by the way. <laughs> um, I mean, there's also a chance, like because of the very distinct voices. Even Lucille and Bella have two very distinct voices. Even in because Bella- even in Bella's chapter of her exposition, her voice changes halfway through. Like, it's a, it sounds like a different person speaking in that chapter. And I kind of wonder, like, did a man write this and a woman edit it? Yeah, it's, it kind of sounds like she put on, like, a flapper costume halfway through and starts talking in this really flowery, like, yes. put upon, like, way. Even, even Lucille completely, like, changes. And I don't know if it's the power of ghost dick. Could be. That, like, she just has this really lusty but put out personality in the beginning. And then in the end, after the first ghost orgy, she's very demure and she's following her cousin's lead and whatever you say, Bella, sure. Shove that speculum up there. Um, yeah. It's very confusing. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts before we move on to, to wrapping up? Anything? 
I, I think that sad silence. Yeah, there yeah, there's nothing more to say about yeah. this. I want to put it behind us, please. Yeah, I'm kind of there with you. So that's um, fucking Dissolute Ghosts and Halloween Erotic Tale by Melanie Nelson. It is on Amazon for $3. If we haven't dissuaded you <laughs> by now, uh, there, $3 there you go. is too much. Yeah, wow. That is a lot for, for this. Um... So, uh, what, what, what you guys going as for Halloween? I bought a dress that looks like the Marauder's Map. There's a pretend bustle, and I'm pretty excited. That sounds That's awesome. That sounds super dope. Um, I was going to be uh, a combination of Klaus Nomi and Nomi Malone from uh, Showgirls. That is nice. remarkably specific. <laughs> but I'm, I'm thinking I might do a 180 and go as gritty. Oh, so good. <laughs> So good. I love everything about that idea. What about um, I am going as uh, Joker, the main protagonist from Persona 5, um, which is a very niche thing that I some don't weeb imagine. Stuff. Some <laughs> hardcore weeb stuff. I've got a friend who is going as Ryuji from the same game, and we're going to kind of do a Persona 5 thing. Uh, it's it's going to be great. What, what is your favorite costume that you've ever done? I, I'm curious. Um... You know, I don't have a long history of dressing up. When I was very young, I got a Little Mermaid costume, and I wore that every day with the wig. Yes. When I was a kid, <laughs> I um, one year I went as Batman, and w- one year I went as Robin, and I kept both of them, and I would just, like, dress up in whatever one I felt like to uh, <laughs> play pretend all the time. Were you uh, feeling more like Batman or more like Robin? And if I had a friend over, I would make them dress up so that we were both in costume. Um, so, like, I guess that probably counts. Uh, one year I went as Harry Potter, and I really phoned it in. And, and uh, a girl that I was uh, rivals with came as Harry Potter the same day. Rivals in what way? Yeah, um, please go on. We had, like, a... We were... We were we had as, um, like, kind of, like, uh, it was a very, like, psychosexual rivalry between us. We were in fourth grade, you see. Um, and, like, we... So we, it was like a Harry Draco thing. We, we, we grew... We grew up... We both grew up to be... We both grew up to be so gay. Um, but at the time, for, like, a three to four year stretch, because we went to the same school for, like, four or five years, but we, um... Whenever asked about the other one, we would tell anyone who listened that the other one had an immense crush on us. So, like, I would tell people, like, oh, yeah, she's got it bad for me. <laughs> and she would say the same thing. And we hated each other. We were, we were bitter rivals. Um, and then in high school, we became good friends. And we both turned out very, very gay. So I was going to say, uh, I kind of, like, ship it. But then uh, it's... But now you're gay. But and also you were in fourth that. grade. I would read that book. Uh, but she came the same year as I phoned in my Harry Potter costume. She came with like a fucking like life size owl on her shoulder and like like a fair like a fucking makeup pencil drawn like scar and like she just killed it and it was. was- was it a real owl, though? Because then technically she's kind of phoning it in, too, if it's fake. Oh, it was a fake owl. So phoning it in also. I mean... You need to go 100%. I don't know where you get a snowy <laughs> owl in Burnett, Texas, uh, but she did the best that she could. <laughs> was it the end of the rivalry? She just kind of won and you conceded? Um, no. <laughs> she no. was the more powerful. She moved, a- she moved away <laughs> in sixth grade. Um, 
because I believe both of her parents like were like very schizophrenic. Uh, oh, she had shit. a very rough home life, um, and then she moved back in ninth grade and joined a band. And I drove her home from band practice every day, and we were very good friends from that point. Aww, um, what a great ending to that story. <laughs> I think she has a daughter now, so Whoa. good on her. Uh, what about you? What's your favorite? My costume? favorite Halloween costume. Uh, a few years ago, I was Snake Plissken from Escape from New York, and so that was good. fun. So dope. My favorite <laughs> Halloween costume, though, is when uh, me and my uh, our good friend, Amber Burton. Um, Ooh, I love this one. Dressed as Both dressed as different incarnations of Maxwell Demon from Velvet Goldmine, <laughs> and it was my favorite, favorite Halloween year, just the golden days of college, and she's coming to visit. Ooh, is she going to be at the bout on Saturday? I don't know. I uh, hope so. Yeah, hey, if you're in Austin, people, um, there's a roller derby bout in Buda, and it's going to be really scandalous and Halloween-themed, so do that. And Trevor will be there dressed as, as an anime thing. I will. <laughs> Single now, come up and say, hey, what's up? <laughs> come up uh, and see me sometime. <laughs> um, what... So I, I want to add one thing to our, because we always talk about, like, um, what do you recommend? And yeah. I can do that right now. Can we uh, do a spooky recommend? Or just a regular one? We'll just do a regular recommend, but I highly encourage it to be spooky okay. if you want it to be spooky. Spook optional. Because um, mine's not spooky. Mine's not spooky. Right. Um, I'm not hip to anything, so I'm a little behind on this one, but I recently started listening to Rex Orange County. Really dig him. He has kind of a uh, 1970s easy listening carpenter sound to Ooh. it. Um, Good for fall. And I also got the new Disturbed album, which is a little softer than their normal stuff, but I dig it. Cool. Very cool. Um, in honor of uh, the current administration's just constant barrage against trans people, I think I might have <laughs> talked about this channel before on this podcast, but I recommend that everyone who listens to our stupid bullshit go and get on YouTube and check out ContraPoints. Uh, she is a trans woman. Um, she does video topics on philosophy, on um, sort of like cataloging and combating the alt-right. She has a video about incels and about Jordan Peterson, and she's fucking hysterical, and her videos are so well-made. Um, she is my probably my favorite YouTuber right now. I genuinely cannot recommend her enough. Um, and of course, like while you're doing that, maybe consider like helping out any trans people that you know that are trying to, uh, you know, get money to to deal with the uh, the current situation. So that's my Rick. I like that. I'll piggyback on that. Yeah, please like give a shit about what's going on with the Trump administration and trying to systematically just erase. People. legislate trans people out of existence and, and a lot of other people too that's kind of and and they're just the and first. you know like se like seven assassination attempts that happened today yeah so like, fun yikes. good world we live in um and and even if you don't have the funds to donate right now just just talk to people about it say like publicly express the fact that you give a shit about this because yeah. you might have trans friends or family members who are listening and and need your support and and vote and vote for fuck's sake this episode's vote. gonna go out by the this weekend um so it'll be well before uh voting ends so if you're listening to this fucking christ go vote indeed um and one more small spooky recommendation um i saw halloween 3 season of the witch 
for the first time. Um, didn't realize that this existed. It uh, has nothing to do with the rest of the Halloween franchise. It's just like they sort of went off on a limb to do another story. They thought they were going to make it into an anthology series. And I wish they had because this one kicks ass. Is that the one ass. with the masks? Yes. It's the one yes, with the masks. It is. <laughs> I, I won't spoil it for those who, like me, are, are coming in fresh and hot uh, because it is delightful. It is very dope. It is a precious Halloween moment. And I wanted to add one thing. Um, what are you looking forward to in November? Media-wise. Uh, I, I mean, I, 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 the blue wave would be nice, but, but <laughs> media-wise. Is November when the new Robin album comes out? I've heard rumors that that's the case. Here, tell. Uh, and um, if so, oh yes, indeed, <laughs> that's worth looking forward to. I'm also looking forward to the uh, new Suspiria that's coming out. Very good choice as well. Uh, I'm personally looking forward to uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. It doesn't yes. come out in November, but it comes out. It might be out by the time this podcast, I think podcast goes right? up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if it is, I hope it's good. <laughs> um, and I'm also looking forward to... Shit. Amy, do you have something while no. I'm thinking? Uh, no, I'm living day by day, man. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um... You know, I. That's December. We'll talk about it in November. Um, yeah, uh, new Robin album and Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I think that's a decent enough list. Red Dead Redemption Two is coming out at some point. That could be decent. I wish they didn't treat their workers like shit, but what can you do? It's video <laughs> games. Um, uh, I wish I was looking forward to Fantastic Beasts more than I am, but it's got Johnny Depp in it, so fuck it. Um, Are we we still trying to make him happen? In the most baffling way possible. I genuinely can't believe that that's how that movie ended. Uh, It's like, you traded (laughs) fucking Colin Farrell for this? Why would you do this, movie? Um, I mean, I was baffled. Yeah. Like, Ugh, don't be a, don't have a second one. Let's just stop here. Yeah. This won't go anywhere I want to go. No. I haven't seen the first one. Is it, do you recommend it? Right up until that ending. Yeah. Okay. Right, up until, right up until, right up until, uh, Colin Farrell takes off his mask and it turns out it's Johnny Depp bleached blonde. It's the worst trade in cinematic history. Is it Colin Farrell? Am I, am I right there? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I couldn't remember if it was, which, I mean, which Colin? I'm looking. I'm looking forward to you know Jude Law Dumbledore, but mm. Dumble Jude, Dumble Jude. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's enough to look forward to. Um, so once again, uh, thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. If you like what we do here, I encourage you to check out our Patreon account. It's Patreon.com/slash/TheSmutCast. You can also follow us on Facebook. Uh, just look up the SmutCast there. Um, we don't have a super active Twitter pre- presence, though I will plug my own Twitter feed since I'm on there a lot and I post episode updates and stuff like that. You know what we should uh, start doing on that Twitter? Is doing kind of like a, a smutcast out of context, like, quote dump. <laughs> just weird yes. things that we say on, on I the show. I don't like, hate that idea. Like, all on my favorite murder, they do that. Um, but, so you can f- follow us on Twitter at Austin Smutcast, or you can just follow me at uh, Azudarko, A-Z-U-D-A-R-K-O, or Rachel. Uh, I'm at Dom Draper, D-O-M-M-E, Draper. Um, or you can email us at austinsmutcast at gmail.com. Uh, Amy, do you have any plugs you want to give? 
any shout outs for yourself or a friend or like really it's just shameless advertising uh at this point so Mm, no i'm not a very cool person i don't do things you're cool you're pretty cool (laughs) um Okay, and yeah, uh, we would love to hear from you if you have suggestions on works that you want us to do. We're always looking forward to it. Next month, we're going to have another guest. Um, I think we're just going to start having one guest per episode moving forward now. And our next month's guest is going to be Austin-based comic Jill Friedman. Uh, She's super awesome. (laughs) Um, So look forward to that. Once again, my name is Trevor. My name is Rachel. And I'm guest Amy. And this was the Smutcast. We hope you had a better time than we did. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Happy, Happy Slutoween. <laughs> Happy Halloween. <laughs>